ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. Would you pray with me, Lord Jesus, I love you. I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you, Lord, for the word of God. And I'm asking the next few moments, Lord, as we turn our attention to that word, you let it speak in our hearts, our lives, let it touch us, let it impact us, let it challenge us, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. Would you say amen? Amen. On the night before his crucifixion, the night before he would go to the cross, Jesus met with his disciples in the upper room and he shared his heart with them. He talked to them about how they should live. He talked to them about the things they were going to face. He talked to them about the days that were ahead of them. And the book of John devotes quite a bit of space to recording that final conversation between Jesus and his disciples. The record of that night spans multiple chapters in the book of John. But uh, one of those chapters very early in that discussion is John chapter 15. And in that chapter, Jesus begins by telling his disciples, I am the vine. Amen. And, and the only way that you can be fruitful is to abide in me. Except you abide in me, amen, you can't be fruitful. For the branch cannot bear fruit if it's not tied into the vine. Amen. So Jesus began to tell them, you need to abide in me. There's a, a span of verses there, about six verses from John 15 and 4 to John 15 and 10, where no less than 10 times Jesus tells them, you need to abide in me. You must abide in me unless you abide in me. Amen. That, that concept of what it means to abide in Jesus Christ was something that was very, very important to the disciples. Amen. Think about it. It's the last thing he told them before he left. So it's no surprise then that when John wrote his first letter to the church, he provided a litmus test to measure if you're truly abiding in Jesus. John says that the trademark of a true disciple is imitation. Amen. He that abides in Jesus endeavors to walk like Jesus walked. This morning, as we celebrate Father's Day, I want to take a few moments and contemplate what that means. What does it mean to walk uh, like Jesus walked? Uh, amen. Does that mean that, uh, you know, you get the same gait and the same stride and the same uh, swagger about yourself? Uh, amen. What J John was talking about was not the way that uh, Jesus stepped uh, on the earth. Uh, he's not talking about the, the, the physical characteristics uh, of the way that the man, Christ Jesus, actually actually walked. Uh, what he's talking about is a way of living, uh, about a way of conducting yourself, about a way of carrying on, uh, about a way of, of life. Amen? Amen? The life of Jesus Christ, John says, provides the ultimate example of the way that we're supposed to live our lives. He that abideth in him will walk like he walked. Uh, amen. To be Christian is to be Christ-like. We understand that, right? Amen. So a study of how Jesus walked uh, is the heartbeat of practical Christianity. I want to learn to walk like him. I want to learn to talk like him. I want to learn to to love like him. Jesus loved uh, when there was no love coming back. Amen. 
He loved when he got no love in return. I want to learn to love like that because that's the way he expects us to love. Amen. He showed mercy when no mercy was deserved. He showed mercy, amen, when the person didn't had absolutely no claim to that mercy, but he was merciful anyway. And now he calls us to show that kind of mercy. He calls us to live that kind of life. When he was falsely accused, they lied on him. Uh, amen. They, they paid witnesses to come uh, and accuse him of things he had not done. Uh, but the Bible said he opened not his mouth uh, to defend himself. Uh, amen. He kept his peace. Uh, he held back. Uh, amen. Likewise, we're called as we follow him uh, and to walk like him. Uh, we're called to allow the Lord to fight our battles. Amen. That's not what this world teaches. This world teaches you that you defend yourself. This world teaches you you look out for number one. Uh, but when I look to Jesus Christ, I find one who's willing to trust the plan, uh, who's willing to let the, the, let the things work out according to the will of God. Uh, amen. Who understands. Uh, amen. I can trust his will. Uh, I can trust his way. Uh, far above my own understanding. Uh, far above my own emotions. Uh, amen. That's what it means uh, to walk like Jesus. Amen. He blessed those who cursed him. He blessed those who reviled against him. He, he, he forgave those who injured him. Even hanging on the cross, he would say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Amen. And he loved those who hated him. That's what it means to walk like Jesus walked. It's a challenge, my friend. It's not something that you can easily replicate. It is a high measure, a high mark uh, to try to attain. Uh, but John points to the life of Jesus, uh, the only perfect life that was ever lived. Uh, and he points to that life, uh, and he says, there's the benchmark uh, for the way that you should live. Uh, there's the measure uh, of what it means to abide in Christ. Christ. Uh, you got to live like he lived. Amen? Amen? The operative question then is how do we measure up? How do we, when we consider the impeccable example that the life of Jesus provides for us, how does our walk measure next to his walk? When I was a kid, I vividly remember walking beside my dad. My dad is a, had long legs and a, a, a large gait and stride and whenever I would try to walk beside him I, I always tried to walk just like he did I always tried to measure my step to be as long as his step but the problem is dad had longer legs than I did and he walked faster. I, he was always in a hurry. I don't know where he was going, but it was it was important. Amen. And he was putting them up and picking them up and putting them down. And and so dad had longer legs than I did, and he walked faster than I could. It was physically impossible for me to match his stride, brother Tim. I tried. No matter, but no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't stretch my legs out that far. I just couldn't catch up with him, and I certainly couldn't keep it up for any great length of time, uh, but that never stopped me from trying. Uh, amen. It didn't even slow me down. Uh, if anything, it caused me to try all the harder. Uh, there's the mark. Uh, that's what I'm striving for. I take one big step and run three quick ones, uh, and then take one big step and hop along three 
quick ones, uh, whatever it takes to try to keep up, uh, straining my legs as far as I can, to trying my hardest to reach the mark, to walk like Daddy walked. Dads, I recognize this morning that the exemplary life of Jesus that I've talked about is a standard that is beyond our reach. I recognize that it is impossible for us to completely match his life in our steps, step for step. He lived the one and only perfect life that has ever been lived, and none of us will ever be perfect, and none of us will ever be able to completely duplicate his life. But that's not the point. I'm not called to be Christ. I'm called to be in Christ. I'm called to abide in Him, uh, to bear the kind of fruit in my life that He produced in His. Uh, that's what abiding in Christ is about. I am the vine, uh, and if you abide in me, you'll bear fruit. Uh, amen. If you're the branch from this tree, uh, you're going to bring forth the kind of fruit that I bring forth. Uh, I want you to consider this morning what it means to walk uh, like Jesus. Uh, it doesn't mean you're perfect in your love. Uh, it doesn't mean you're perfect in your mercy. Uh, it doesn't mean you're perfect in everything that you do. Uh, but what it means is that you strive to live that way. Amen? Amen? It's not achieved by becoming a perfect copy of Him. If it was, none of us would ever measure up. But we're called to imitate Him. We're called to do our best to be like him. I never could step as far as dad could. I never could stretch my legs quite as that far and go quite as fast. Uh, amen. But I did my best uh, to match up. Uh, we're called to strive uh, to match our stride to his. Uh, we're called to work, uh, to walk the way that he walked. Uh, he loved with a perfect love. Uh, and our love's never going to be perfect. Uh, but we're called to stretch it out uh, as far as we can uh, to do everything within our power uh, to love like he loved. Uh, he showed mercy uh, with a perfect measure. Uh, amen. And we're human uh, and we've got faults and falls and we tend to hold grudges uh, but we're called by the power of God uh, to stretch our mercy out uh, as far as we can uh, to forgive when it's not deserved. Uh, to love when you don't get love back. Uh, to show the kind of compassion that Jesus Christ showed. To do everything in our power that we can to be like him. It's just like the child trying to walk like his dad. We learn how we should walk by studying how he did walk. Our stride may never match his. We're always going to fall a little bit short. But by following in his footsteps, we learn what it means to walk worthy of the cross, and that's the high call. To walk worthy of the sacrifice that was paid for our lives, to walk worthy of the name that we were baptized in, that wonderful name that was called over you, the name of Jesus Christ. I want to remind you, gentlemen, on this Father's Day that the ultimate goal of the believer is that we may walk like Jesus walked. More than a century ago, Charles Sheldon wrote a book entitled, In His Steps. To date, that novel has sold more than 50 million copies and is considered to be one of the best-selling books of all time. 
It tells the story of an unusual event that occurred on a Sunday morning at a traditional upscale downtown church. The morning service was going along according to schedule. Everything was clicking along just like it was supposed to. The choir sung, the, the, the preliminaries were done. It had all been done to, the, to perfection. And the pastor was in the pulpit, and he was delivering his Sunday morning sermon. And he was right in the middle of making his most important point. Uh, amen. Whenever the door opened uh, and, and the morning service was interrupted uh, by an old beggar man uh, who came through the back door and began to make his way down the center aisle. The author tells that every eye filled with disdain as they began to look upon that unwelcome visitor who barged in uh, as the pastor was in the middle of making his most passionate point uh, and began to fumble his way down the center aisle. Everybody stared at him. As a matter of fact, eventually the preacher stopped preaching. All eyes were on this bedraggled individual who smelled bad and dressed even worse. Then he began to speak. And with a voice that was old and broken, the uninvited visitor announced that he needed somebody who would love him, who could take care of him. He was looking for somebody who would, who would take him upon their heart to care for him. There was a moment of silence, and then the man died, dropped dead in the center aisle of the church. It was a traumatic thing. Of course, how do you start church back after that? But weeks went by, and finally one Sunday morning, the pastor got in the pulpit, and he began to preach. And he began to tell the church how ashamed he was by his attitude toward the man who had so abruptly interrupted the service. He began to confront his own pride and arrogance and began to confront his own attitude and how it should never be an inconvenience that somebody walks into the church needing somebody to love them. And as he began to speak, the other members of the congregation began to stand one by one in solidarity with him and begin to confess their own uh, revulsion of the man, their own, uh, their own uh, chastisement of the fact that uh, that man was the epitome of the very reason why they existed as a church, but together, collectively, they rejected him on the eve, the very moment of his death. I mean, who would love a man like that if not the church? And that's the church's job. That pivotal Sunday morning, according to the book, and you can read it for yourself, led the church people to make a covenant together. Then in every situation and circumstance, their actions would be governed by a single question. What would Jesus do? It revolutionized the church. Lives were transformed. A whole community was changed. It was a mindset that impacted every aspect of life. Long before WWJD became a, a cliche, long before it was printed on bracelets and license plates, Charles Sheldon wrote a book in the 1800s uh, that challenged the church simply to walk 
like Jesus walked. To love like Jesus loved. To show compassion like he showed compassion. To show mercy like he showed mercy. And dads, I want to come before you on this Father's Day morning to encourage you to walk like Jesus walked. To measure your walk, not next to the rest of the men in the world. Not next to all the standards that are put before you by society. Not next to the epitome of success uh, that may exist in the business world or or the athletic world, uh, but to measure your walk uh, next to the steps uh, of Jesus Christ, uh, to ask yourself, how do I measure up next to that? I know your strive will never quite match his, but are you making the effort? Are you keeping your eyes on him? Are you doing the very best that you can to live like Jesus lived? I used to watch my dad walk because I thought I'd learned how to do that, how to stretch my stride out. If I was going to walk like him, I had to keep my eyes on him. Sometimes that didn't end up so well. Sometimes I'd walk right into something else while I was keeping my eyes on my daddy. Amen. Because I wasn't so much concerned about where I was going. I was concerned about what I was watching. My wife's smiling because she's thinking I still do that. But there's a lesson to be learned. Sometimes we get too caught up in where we're going. And not enough caught up in what we're supposed to be watching. Sometimes we allow the events of this life and the things going around us to captivate our attention and cause us to lose sight of our example. We are called to walk like Jesus walked. We're called to live like he lived. And so I'm in this pulpit on a Sunday morning to challenge you to keep your eyes on Jesus. I'm in this pulpit this morning to challenge you to, 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 to get an image in your mind, uh, amen, of the cross, uh, to remember the sacrifice, uh, to get your eyes on Jesus. Uh, don't worry so much about where you're going. Uh, don't worry so much about the direction you're headed. Uh, concentrate instead on following him. Uh, the Bible said the footsteps uh, of a good man uh, are ordered by God. Uh, It's not our job uh, to decide where we're going. Uh, It's not our job uh, to direct our own path. Uh, It's our job uh, to follow him. Uh, It's our job to perfect the walk, uh, to try to walk like he walked. Uh, Amen. And if you want to walk like him, you got to get your eyes on him. Uh, He'll lead you where you need to go. Uh, Amen. He'll open up the right door at the right time. Uh, You don't have to make your own way. He'll make a way for you if you'll walk like he walked. But if you're going to walk like him, you got to know him. You got to have a relationship with him. You got to meet him in his word and see how he conducted himself. You've got to spend quiet time alone with him and learn to recognize his heart. You've got to keep your eyes on him because if you don't know how he walked, how will you ever know how you should walk. I'm going to close with this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. Paul said, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Dads, I want to remind you this morning that you're not walking through this life alone. 
there are others that are watching you and they're following in your footsteps. They're trying to match their stride to yours. And it's imperative then that you follow in the steps of Jesus so that you can say along with Paul, follow me as I follow Christ. That's the measure of success as a dad. Not monetary wealth or the accumulation of nice things. Uh, not prestigious titles or, or the accolades of your peers. Uh, no, fatherhood uh, reaches its zenith uh, when you as a dad live a life uh, that's worthy of imitating. Uh, when you live a life that shows others how they should walk. Uh, that shows others how they should live. Uh, ultimately, there's only one one such life. Uh, Jesus Christ lived the only perfect life. Uh, but the more that your walk uh, resembles his walk, uh, the more than that those that are walking like you uh, will learn to walk like him. Uh, so I come to this pulpit on a Sunday morning uh, to tell you, dads, that's your true calling in life. Uh, you're called to walk uh, like Jesus walked uh, because there are others that are trying to walk like you. Uh, there are others that are trying to follow you. Uh, they're trying to walk in your foot steps. Uh, and this morning, I want to encourage you to consider the way you walk. Let us walk like him. Amen. Amen. So we're going to transition in just a moment. And when we do, we're going to give you a pair of socks. They're Argyle funny socks. You're probably not going to wear them where anybody can see them. Except for Harrison, he may. But the reason we're giving you a pair of socks is we want it to serve as a reminder. And if I wear them, you won't ever be able to see them. It serves as a reminder that it matters how you walk. Amen? Let me encourage you then, if you stand with me, Brother Ryan, if you come and play something softly. Let me encourage you to take a moment before we do transition. This is, this is Father's Day, and we are going to have... Uh, food in the back and fellowship but for a few moments I think it would be very very good if we as a church would turn our heart towards heaven and ask ourselves am I really walking the way I'm supposed to walk perhaps you need to make an adjustment perhaps you need to make a mid-course correction perhaps you need to get your eyes back on your example Perhaps you need to turn your heart back to him. Whatever it is, let me encourage you this morning to determine in your heart to walk like Jesus walked because there are others that are trying to walk like you. Would you lift your voice to him? Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you for the power and the presence of God that I feel in this house on a Sunday morning, Lord. And I'm asking God right now that you'd reach in this place, Lord, that you'd challenge every heart of every man, woman, child, Lord, those that are hearing me this morning, for we are all, this is a Father's Day sermon, but we are all called to walk like you. There's nobody excluded from that plea, Lord. And I'm asking in the name of Jesus, you'd help each and every one of us to turn our heart back to, to consider the fact, Lord, that we must dedicate ourselves to that kind of walk, to love like you loved, uh, to stretch ourselves out, Lord, uh, to, to show mercy like you showed mercy, uh, to have compassion like you had compassion, Lord. Uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, to give of ourselves uh, like you gave of yourself, Lord. I'm asking God you'd help each and every person to the sound of my voice uh, to answer that call, that appeal from heaven, that feel in my spirit right now, Lord, to make up my mind here and now. I will walk like he walked.